Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Simulcast Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111 on this depressing, frustrating Wednesday morning. How about... Y'all just do me a favor. Again, you can think it, but I'm asking that no one ever tell me this again. Like, like I could go the rest of my life without hearing this. Because I heard it two starts ago, and I heard it again yesterday. Oh, don't worry. You're going to win Verlander's pitching. Well... I mean, what does that even mean? It means he's going to pitch, and he's a really good pitcher, and you might win. Does it mean you're going to win? One, Astros don't hardly ever score over three runs. Hardly ever. And he he, he don't go nine innings. So if he would go nine innings... And he's pitching great. And the Astros could score some runs. Maybe it would mean something. But how about we do this? How about we never tell me again, don't worry, you're going to win. Verlander's pitching. I'm so sick of hearing that. If you want to give me a heart attack, just tell me that. I could go the rest of my life and never hear that again. Don't worry, you're going to win. Verlander's pitching. And he pitched fine, but it's baseball. It's ba- it's a football comment. What what I don't get is, you know, we're in the analytical age, and we make a bunch of decisions that make all that old school baseball people angry all the time. And Dusty really is pretty old school, to be fair. But here we are, once again, second straight night. It's plain as day. They all got their little screens. What they call those little stupid little screens they all looking at? Well, look at it. It said, Yon Moncada. Yon Moncada. Leading the major leagues in batting average, hitting 450. He ain't even a good hitter. Hitting 450 with two outs and runners in scoring position. So if there's anyone on the planet that you don't want to pitch to, With two outs and runners in scoring position, especially with the game on the line in the eighth or ninth inning, anyone on the entire planet you don't want to face. 
much rather face Judge, the MVP, than Yon Moncada. If there's anyone you want, you don't want to face, it's Yon Moncada. So what do they do? Two nights in a row, Cats hitting 450 with two outs in a row. You got all these numbers, use them. Use them. So what did they do with a runner on third and two outs? Not only was first base open, second base was open too. Both were open. So what did they do? They pitched the Yon Moncada with two outs and a runner on third in a tie game. And they, now you tell me that makes any sense. What good does it do to have all these numbers if you're not going to use them? Very, very, very frustrating. Second night in a row that they have a two-run lead late. And you see, well, well, you got you, your bullpen has to do better. Yeah, but no. How about score more than three runs in a game? How about score more than three runs in a game for a change? How about that? It's so funny how that works. It happens all the time. Build up this great matchup. Both teams. I mean, they didn't get lit lit, but they both gave up three runs. They both, both of their ERAs for the season started with one. And both of them gave up three runs. The real pitching matchup was the night before. I wish they'd have let Urquidy finish the inning like they did Verlander. Might not be staring down the barrel of a 1-6 or an 0-7 road trip. Understand this. The Astros, like we're in the middle of August. The Astros have not had a losing road trip all season. Not one. They've had zero losing road trips all season. And they got to go to Asia constantly. Constantly got to go to Asia. They've had, they got zero, zero losing road trips. And now, man, it, it has all, it has all the makings of a one in six, oh, and seven road trip. Got to go play the Braves this weekend. Can't get the White Sox out after the sixth inning. Cannot get them out after the sixth inning. And who would you rather face a guy? And I, look, Leo Moncada is not a great hitter. He's not having a good season. He's been hurt all year. <clears throat> but he's still, you know, obviously getting something done with running. And it, or Josh Harris. Josh Harrison gets himself out half the time. That guy's a clown show, Josh Harris. Although he did get two hits last night. And then he falls down running in first base. I mean, that guy's weird, Josh Harris. He would drive me crazy if he's on my team. Like Altuve does. Altuve looks a great player. Probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame. But, man, he just does dumb junk constantly. Swinging at balls over his head and getting picked off at first and running and falling. I mean, he's just a, he is a weird player, Jose Altuve. Just try, you, you appreciate his effort. Everyone loves his character. He's a great guy, and he's done unbelievable things for this organization. Love him. But he just drives me crazy. He just does so many, so much dumb junk. He's so silly. <clears throat> That's what he is. Jose Altuve, he's just so silly. 
He's just like a he's like a kid on a little league field sometimes. And you love that. <clears throat> you love that part of him. But like sometimes you need a major league player out there with major league focus. You don't need a kid like he's on a on a on a little league field out there. Man, that guy drives me crazy sometimes. Some of the stuff he does. We'll see what Framber does tonight. With all of that said, <clears throat> leave it to me to look on the bright side. I know it's a burden, but I have to do it a lot of the time. Look on the bright side. I said going in that I, I still have that bad, nightmarish memory of a trip in August to the White Sox in 2017. Yeah, the year the Astros won the World Series. They went to the White Sox and got swept. This was in August, about the same, almost the exact same time <clears throat> as now. Got beat eight to five, seven to one, and three to two in ten innings. Got swept. Well, Keiko got lit. I remember Keiko just pitched terrible. Couldn't throw a strike. That was in the mid. The only di- and look, the Astros are not playing well. I haven't played well in a long time, but. But they were, but nothing like they were then. They were, that sweep against the White Sox was part of a stretch where they lost 13 out of 17 games. They went to the Rangers after that and got beat twice. <clears throat> the weekend before, they got swept by the Rays on the road. They were 4-13 on a 17-game stretch. They had a stretch going back to late July to the end of August where they were 12-21. and 21. Not good. They were, again, at that stretch, they were playing, and I said it then, and people tried to laugh at and tease me later when the Astros ended up winning the World Series that year That because I said it, that was the worst at that time, in the month of August, the Astros were the worst they were team in baseball. They were playing at the lowest level of any team in baseball at that time. And, of course, you know, in September, they turned things around, flipped the switch, whatever you want to say, and they got better, and they played well in October, and they won the World Series, which was, you know, tremendous. But, man. So and and they're actually playing better in this series so far, even though they blew both games, than they were in that White Sox series on the road in August in, in 2017. But man, they were just it was just miserable in that stretch. They were terrible. They could not throw a strike for nothing. I just don't like right now. Uh, Bregman's hitting, that's tremendous. El Perro is just looking terrible. Like all, At the beginning of the year, he wasn't swinging at all these pitches in the dirt, just staying there. I mean, how much talent does it take to just stand there? I mean, Dylan sees hardly ever throws a strike. Just stand there. That's all I need you to do. Stand there. None of y'all are afraid of the ball. You're in the major leagues. 
So if you're not afraid of the ball, just stand there. How hard can that be? Get ahead in the count. Stop swinging at balls in the dirt. I mean, for a plug like me, that would be difficult because I'm afraid of the ball. For a major leaguer, how hard can it be to stand there? That's all I need you to do. This cat ain't throwing strikes at all. They just swinging at balls in the dirt. And now El Perro, who used to never do that, that's all he does now, swing at balls in the dirt. Just don't swing. I, I just, I just, they're always looking at their little pads, but I wonder if they ever watch the game. Like, watch a game. These guys don't throw strikes. They're throwing the ball in the dirt, getting you to swing. It's like a fish in bait. You're like a fish. Don't fish. Stop being a fish. Just stand there. Be a statue. Drives me crazy. Manny, I hope they don't have a 1-6 or 0-7 road trip, but it's looking like it. And look, it's not the end of the world. Like I said, they, it, when they won the World Series, they, they were 4-13 over a 17. Astros aren't close to that right now. No, they're not good. They're not, they're not playing very well right now. But nothing like 4-13. At least we hope not. Hopefully this is not the beginning of 4-13. But, man, got to stop swinging at balls in the dirt. All right. Probably should have just talked food like y'all did. We'll get to that later because I heard some very bad comments on the way over here. I mean, some very bad comments. We'll get to food later. I, I got to rebuke some people. Some people, some opinions will get rebuked. Please, before we end the show, please help me to get back to that. Some of these food comments I heard. Oh man! All right. I have some very specific opinions when it comes to food, and we'll, 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 we don't always talk, comment on that, but I, I hope to today, probably because, and, and I need it because last night was just ugh. All right, let's do this. We'll take a timeout and come back and shift gears. LSU football weekly conversation with Koki Riley, the USA Today Network. We will do that. Next at the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Yellow. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome into footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It is time. Well, before we get to our special guest, let me remind you about Astro Weekend Getaway. Astros will be playing the Orioles on Saturday, August the 27th. Hopefully the Astros win a few games between now and then. Uh, if you register at the game clubhouse, you could win four tickets to tour Minute Maid Park and hotel accommodations that Saturday evening. Astro Weekend Getaways, powered by Butcher Air Condition, La Meridian, Houston Downtown, 
and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Well, Mr. Cokie Riley, late last year, August, September, I bet you never thought you'd say, man, I can't wait till Matt Bournes can pitch. But, but so far, he's back, and it's kind of working. Yeah, it did kind of work last night. Uh, Red Sox got another win against Pittsburgh, but even when they're getting these wins, they're not gaining that much ground, if if any, um, in the wild card race. Still but, a long way to go. Um, Still a long way to go. There's eight yeah. teams after the Astros and the Yankees. There are eight teams within five and a half games. Five and a half games with 50 to go is nothing. That's fair. Yeah, but the problem is there's a lot of teams. Oh, so. if you win, all that stuff don't matter. You just pass them up, I'm telling you. <laughs> but, you know, when you have that many teams, you need – Yeah, but you're not – it's not for one way. spot. That's the one problem with that. There's a lot of spots. There's a lot of spots. All right. Want to talk LSU football, and the plan was to talk defense, but I guess we need to talk a little offense because of the news that has taken place, which was not surprising. Remember last week we talked about offense, and we're like, really, is Miles Brennan really going to sit there and watch again if he don't? Like, it just doesn't – none of it ever made sense. So I guess it really – I know a lot of people have made a big deal, but it really shouldn't have been a surprise to hardly anyone, I wouldn't think. Um. Yeah, I, I think given the context of the last few pra- of the last few practices, I mean that Thursday practice where uh, we got to watch the entire thing um, and see Miles just—I mean—see Miles basically just take second team reps for the entire time. Um, I think the context of that, like, really kind of made us understand that he's probably the number two quarterback, even if it hasn't been officially. Um, said two or three quarterbacks. Um, and then with that context and then showing up to practice on Monday and not seeing him there, uh, of course not knowing officially that he was leaving or anything like that, I, I, I think I think those two things combined um, really just sort of put the nail on the, nail in the coffin. Um, I know that sounds, that sounds really harsh, but I couldn't think of anything else. Right, else no, I understand. Today, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I think – I, I think with that context, I think it, to- it makes total sense to what you were saying, that does Miles Brennan really want to sit a whole other season and have to go through um, all that jazz again? So, All right, and again, I wanna, I'm going to ask two more questions about offense, and then I want to get to defense. So if mm-hmm. I told you, and I haven't seen a single practice, so I have no idea, but mm-hmm. if I told you the best quarterback at LSU is Walker Howard, what would you say to that state? I would say that's probably not true. Um, I, I think he, there's you could make an argument that he has he's the most talented, just in terms of if you look at his ceiling, if you look at how highly regarded he was as a recruit. Um, but I, I just think experience does matter to at least some degree, unless you're some Trevor Lawrence level sort of prospect where it doesn't. You're just so your your talent transcends in, in almost any need for experience. Um, I don't think Walker Howard's quite that. I mean, that's obviously no offense to Walker. He's a great young player. Um, but I, 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 I just think that Jaden Daniels is um, probably their best option here, just given what he, what they, what he can give them as an athlete and, and, and just given the amount of starting experience he has. I mean, now, especially with Miles out of the room, he is the only guy on that 
in that room who has any sort of starting experience, and he already had the most starting experience in the first place. So 29th career start at ASU. So as a pure passer, and I understand there's more to playing quarterback, especially at the collegiate level, than than, than mm-hmm. passing. But as a pure passer, how would you rank him one to ten? Ooh, all three of them one to ten? No, 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 just Daniels. Just Daniels. Um. So ten is like really good. Like, is like ten Trevor is Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence right? at Clemson? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd say seven, six and a half, seven, something like that. Okay. Um, well, I don't hot. think he's spectacular. I don't think he's amazing, but I, I do think he's better than what some people give him credit for. Just because I think a lot of the, I, I think yeah, there were some accuracy issues at Arizona State, but again, they had all those coaching problems. Um, their offensive line was extremely indisciplined, so they were stuck in third and long situations all the time um, on that team. And their receiving core was basically nothing. I mean, their leading, their second leading receiver, I believe, was a running back in Rashad White. So I, it, I think that if you give them the right weapons, and we've already seen this when you've given them the right weapons, you give them a guy like uh, Brandon Ayuk, who became a first round pick and a pretty good player himself in the NFL. I, I think if you give him the right weapons, and LSU has those weapons, that he could succeed. I, I think the SEC question mark is valid. I think some of the question marks about um, perhaps his, his footwork is valid. But from what we've seen in practice, he's looked a lot more comfortable than he did in the spring. And combined with all the weapons and, and, some, and some of the starting experience, I, I think not only is he trending in the right direction as a starter, I think he'll eventually become the starter. Those are, that's all very fair, and I think I heard that I that I hear you say that football is a team game. Did I hear that? Out of you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, um, all right. One more offensive question. Uh, Kyron Lacey. And I, I failed to ask last week, and I regretted it. Uh, Kyron Lacey transferred from the Cajuns. What, so far, what would be your prediction for his role on this team? Ooh, um, good question. I I, I think that. Uh, I, I think he'll get some sort of run out there. Um, I think the coaching staff likes him. I think they want to see him be more confident on a consistent basis. That's what uh, Brian Kelly was talking about, I believe, last week about him uh, when he was asked about Kyron. So I, I think that Kyron will have some sort of role. I, I think the, the receivers seem, the, the quarterbacks, I should say, uh, seem pretty impressed with what they've seen from him, um, especially during the spring. So I, I, LSU's receiving core is absolutely loaded, but since every guy is so talented, I think all of them will have some sort of run, um, even if they're not all Kayshawn Butte. All right. The defensive side, um, I, I kind of feel like while this entire team, because of the you know new coaches and a bunch of new players, is a huge question mark, I think the average LSU fan, media member, probably knows, has a little bit of better feel of the offense with the coaches than we do with new defensive coordinator Matt House and what to expect on defense, like do you have do you have any kind of sense of what to expect or how they're going to defend? Um, how exactly what they're going to run schematically? I, I'm not 100 percent sure what that's going to look like. Um, we could look at Kentucky tape and see what Matt House did there, but at the same time, he also spent the last few years in in Kansas City, and they, and they like to run a lot of. A window dressing and move their defenders around quite a bit, so maybe some of that's going to be implemented in the offense. I mean, we'll see. It's it's all um, it's, it's a bit of a waiting game into what they're going to do schematically, but I think personnel-wise, it's a little bit more solid than the offense. All right, so everyone is raving about the defensive front, and look, it, it is it is 
you know, it's tremendous to have depth and talent on the defensive front. Is this defensive front good enough to carry this unit if the secondary doesn't improve over last year? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think if you have a front four that can get to the quarterback without any extra rushers, it solves a lot of problems in our defense. And I don't think it matters really what level of football you're playing. Um, if you can get to the quarterback with four guys, it just does so much for your defense, and it covers up a ton of holes, and and and, and speed, and it really puts the the offense on on defense, and that's exactly um, what you need. So I, I I don't know. I I feel like they arguably had the best defensive line in college football. I think you could make that argument. Um, I think B.J. Ojolari and and Ali Gay. I mean, those both those guys are are definitely NFL players, if not potential first round picks. I look at a guy like Colin Roy who's already being projected as a first-round pick. I mean, Mason Smith will probably be a first-round pick someday. I, I, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And then you look at the depth on that line; they have plenty of depth um, at defensive end. It's a little bit, it's a little bit shallow, I guess. Uh, but Desmond Little has apparently looked really good during during uh, preseason practices. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like their defensive line is going to going to you know cover up a lot of holes that they have if if that becomes the case and we'll definitely get to the secondary in a bit what about linebacker um i i like their linebacking core i i think it looked like it was going to be an issue heading into the offseason and then they did a really good job of sort of address of simply addressing the issue i mean yeah bringing a guy like west weeks as a solid linebacker can at least add some depth i mean he was a freshman starter at virginia um and colby fields can give them something he's the transfer out of south carolina um, I, Mike Jones is going to step up. I think Greg Penn's looked really good during practices, and I think he's going to have much more of a role this season. Uh, you look at a guy like Harold Perkins. I mean, this was a top ten player in the country and the best linebacker, uh, best freshman linebacker, arguably in the country heading into this season. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to play every single down, but his his at his his explosiveness and speed is it, definitely going to play some sort of role in that linebacking core. I mean, they have a lot of options. Um, they don't have a lot of guys, I'd say, nailed down for starting spots, so to say. I think Mike Jones Jr. is going to have a huge role in this uh, in that linebacking core in, in some some sort of fashion. Um, but I think they're still trying to fully figure out who gets the weak side spot. Uh, at least that's what Kelly told me before before preseason. So uh, um, it's going to be interesting to see like who gets those two or three. Uh, spots depending on what sort of scheme they're going to run on a down-to-nut basis. But I think everyone's going to play at least a little bit. Uh, I guess some people say the offensive line. Could you argue that cornerback is the qu- biggest question mark on this team? Um, I still go with offensive line just because with cornerback, at least we have uh, players who are established and we think could be uh, pretty good players in the SEC. I think Seven Banks is, has started a national championship game. Um, he knows what he's, he can play at this level. Uh, same goes with Jarek Bernard Converse, what, three, four-year starter at Oklahoma State. Um, very good player. I, I I feel like those two guys could step into an SEC rotation and, and hold, at least hold their own. Um, you can't really say that with the offensive line, even if there are uh, more pieces and better depth on the offensive line. Um, because I, I think if those two guys stay healthy, and that's a big if, uh, they're, they, they might actually be fine at corner. Um, and I can get the safety, but I think they're actually pretty good at safety. But anyway, with the cornerback spot, uh, and with Greg Brooks in the slot, I think he'll be fine at the slot. He's definitely an SEC caliber player, a slot player. I mean, he already, he's already proven it at Arkansas. 
Um, so, but the problem is, is the depth behind those guys. I mean, there's just not a lot of proven depth, and there's a, there's a lot of sort of fish in the dark for uh, who could be uh, who could help them out if one of those guys were to go down, or if they need a breather for a series. Right, uh, Cole Richardson is someone who's sort of stepped up uh, during during preseason practices. It'll be interesting to see if he actually ends up having some sort of role. He's a transfer from McNeese State. Um, I, I mean, of course, there's Makai Gardner, uh, the the UL transfer. Uh, it'll be interesting to see like how he sort of uh, evolves and fits fits into an SEC caliber role. Um, but they really just don't have a lot of depth even outside of those two guys. So if there were if there were injuries and you have to play Colby Richardson every single snap, then they could run into some real tr- problems in the secondary. So what chances do you give Makai being a backup, like the backup? Uh, I, I think right now he's probably the number three corner. Uh, four at <laughs> worst if Colby Richardson takes his place or one of the freshmen, um, although I doubt that second thing happens. Uh, so I, I, he'll definitely see the, see the field. Um, and Brian Kelly has already called Makai a NFL-level prospect, so uh, he, he he definitely thinks highly of him, at least to, to that degree. Um, there are been there have been some questions about his quickness as a cornerback. Is, is he just is he more of just a, of of a safety material, just just given his size? And I will say, out there in practice, he does look pretty big for a corner um, compared to the rest of the guys. So I, it'll it'll be interesting to see like what how he performs this season. To be honest. Would you say that safety is the second best or most promising part of the defense going in behind the line, or, or no? Um, that's a good question. I I, I feel like I, I don't know exactly who is like the second best unit. Um, I think linebackers at least close. Uh, but I guess if I had to say, it's probably safety. I think they're pretty deep at safety. Um, and Major Burns has been healthy this preseason. And he's looked fairly good. Uh, of course, he's definitely an SEC caliber player. I mean, Joe Fouché, uh, of course, is an SEC caliber guy. I mean, Sage Ryan, who can also help them out a little bit at corner. Um, he's a former five-star recruiter, of course. I mean, Jay Ward's been a veteran. Is a is like a true veteran on this team. Um, yeah, they, they're pretty deep at safety. And you can even go got to guys like Matthew Langlois, who um, could maybe help them out a little bit this season. So, uh, I, I even during the spring, I think Kelly Kelly noted that they're they're deeper at safety than he thought they were. Um, and I think you can just sort of see that on the depth chart for this team. So you mentioned Sage. Like, what is his role going to be on this team? And is he involved in special teams? Um, I feel like he's probably going to be the backup nickel corner <laughs> and uh, a backup safety for them. I don't know if he's like a like a nail-down starter. Uh, he could grow into that starting role, but they're pretty deep at it. But they're pretty deep at safety. And uh, they have Brooks to, as a, as more of a pure nickel corner, um, but I mean Ryan has some flexibility for sure. And I, I mean, I haven't heard any reason as to, as to why he wouldn't play, you know. So I, I think he'll play somewhat for for sure, and he'll definitely have a role in this team. Um, and you know, like a lot of like a lot of good defenses at almost any level. I mean, you're going to play a whole bunch of different guys. Just the eleven you start isn't the eleven you're going to play in every single snap. Right, so correct. Um, a lot of depends on scheme and and whether guys are tired and not whatnot. So, all right, one more uh, question. No, that makes sense. One, one one more question: If the offensive line and the quarterback play shows us why we 
said it was they were question marks, especially early on. Is this defense good enough to carry the team before the quarterback and offensive line question marks are answered? I think it can be. I'm not 100 percent sure, just because if they're if they're if their cornerback room gets hit with injuries, um, it, it could be tough. Uh, but I, I feel like if their defensive line plays up to their potential and their cornerback room even stays, I don't say it stays healthy. I'll just say that. Uh, then I think this defense could be really good and really could surprise some people. Um, that, of course, there will, will there will be some bumps on the way just because you have a brand new coordinator and so many new transfers coming in place. Um, but with that defensive line, that fills up a lot of those holes, right? I've already said that multiple times. So I, I feel like that um, I, I, I feel pretty good about their defense overall. And, and, and I think LSU fans should feel more confident in the defense and the offense heading into the season. All righty. Well, I appreciate your time as always, sir. Thank you very much. All righty. Thank you so much. Take care. Cokie Riley, Riley, USA Today Network. And uh, uh, Cokie buys that too many teams ahead of me stuff. Just win, you pass them all up. That's, that's That's been my experience with this comeback stuff. I've, I've, I've been there, done that with the Astros. Just win, you pass them all up. All right. We'll take a timeout, come back, and shift gears. Maybe we just need to talk about food and get my mind off of baseball. Oh, man. I know, I know, I know how many games they're up in the position and when the Yankees lost again, but it's just, I just, it's just a, Man, I didn't get as much sleep last night as I know. It's just why? Just I hate lo- like if I'm gonna lose, I like losing in different ways. Like do like the same hitter beating me over and over again. That drives me bonkers. The same way of losing over and over. That is that's really aggravating. That's worse to me than just losing when you let the same method or the same guy, Yon Moncada, beat you. Like, don't let that happen again. Man, I hope they don't go 1-6 or 0-7. We'll take a timeout, come back, shift gears. I really, really need to. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on... The game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your own for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Astros will play game three of their series tonight, 7-10 first pitch at the White Sox, hoping to avoid the sweep, hoping to avoid an 0-7 road trip. Uh, and it's Framber Valdez against Michael Kopich. And, and Kopich is a guy who was a relief pitcher. At times he can be really dominant, but I've also seen him get lit. So it's... Uh, kind of unpredictable. We'll see what happens. Hopefully they have more than a two-run lead. 
when they get into the seventh and eighth inning, we'll see if the Astros can really score more than three runs in a game. I mean, I don't even know if it's possible, but we'll, 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 we'll see. Before we get back to the game hotline, wanted to tell you about the ultimate tailgate giveaway. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles would like to give you the ultimate tailgate giveaway. Um, and you could win $500 to chop specialty meats. Have you ever had the boudin chops? Man, it's really, really, I've had it. It's really, really good. Really, really good. We've got a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU football, tickets to Cajun football, and so much more. To enter, you got to join the Game Rewards Club. And if you do, you could win that ultimate tailgate getaway. Thank you to St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game powering that tremendous ultimate tailgate getaway. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Foot. Howdy. Good. How you doing? Oh, um, not good. We're on an eight-game winning streak, but we got we got to face Scherzer and DeGrom going in with the Astros coming in. I'm glad we're not going to be on a 10-game winning streak because I don't know if we can, I don't know how we're going to even score against those two guys. Well, I don't know how you're going to score against them either. I just hope you don't sweep me. That's all I'm asking. Just give me one little measly victory, and I'll I'll limp into the rest of my schedule. I I, I don't I just don't need a, a one and six or zero and seven trip when I ain't lost a road trip all year. But what I'm worried about is if if you can't get Jan Moncada out, how are you going to get Austin Riley out? Well, hopefully we won't pitch to him. I mean, you got to pitch to somebody for it. Well, you know how that is. We the Astros, you know, they 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 got a better chance of getting the MVP Michael Judge out than they do, you know, some you know bottom level. That's just how they are. They Yo Moncada, yeah. Yo Moncada leads the major leagues. With, he's hitting four fifty with two outs and runners in scoring position. It's the only time the cat can get a hit. <laughs> now, foot. What I called. What I called you for. I'm just messing with you. What I called you for is. Doesn't it seem like a long, long time ago? When when they when they said the Yankees were on a pace to win 120 games, well, again, it's a long season. Like they they had no chance of following up that first half with a with a with a really good second half. I mean, like really, if the if the Rays had been healthy, the Yankees would be in trouble. They'd be a wild card team or in jeopardy of being one. And the Rays are starting to get healthy now. They lost. They they played mediocre for so long, and they were injured for so long. I don't know if they can do it. But Franco's coming back. Hanley Ramirez came back yesterday. They're fixing to get Tyler Glass now back, um, and they're going to get Ryan Anderson, who ain't pitched in two years. So we'll see how he does. But if he's the Ryan Anderson he was before, and Glassnow is the Glassnow from before, and Wander Franco fulfills his potential, then the Rays are completely. They, they might catch the Yankees. Although the Yankees are going to get hot again. People have this idea because they're down right now that they're never going to get hot again. Well, baseball doesn't work that way. Now, the problem with them is they continue to get injured. Holmes is talking about going on. They're talking about putting him on the I.L. now. So they, I don't know who's going to get them out and people out in the bullpen if he goes on the, on the I.L. Yeah. Well, well, foot, relax. You're gonna you you're gonna win today. Just please. And you're gonna win tomorrow. Well, who knows? I mean, we're playing the White Sox in August, but. But but just don't sweep me. That's all I'm asking. Don't well, I mean, be so I greedy. I hope, you, I hope you're right because I, I really do hope we sweep you, but I don't see how we can sweep you. I mean, I really don't. Just give me one win. <laughs> all right, Floyd. I'll see you Sunday. All right. All right. 
We'll take uh, another phone. No, no, go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> anyway, um, man, Deion Sanders' comments early in the week, or I think it was uh, sometimes last, sometime last week, he was saying, oh, just letting anyone in there. You know, of course, he didn't name anyone. Um, who do you think he's referring to? You know, I, I wondered. I wondered that as well. I got to tell you, I, I kind of. I'm not saying because I don't know exactly who he was talking about, but but I kind of agree with him that football is getting a little on the too liberal on, on their Hall of Famers. I I, I agree. Uh, in general, okay, as a general that. rule, but in specifically, baseball. I don't know. Go ahead. Tony Baselli is not a Hall of Famer, man. I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, is he? Well, he uh, is, obviously, but... Yeah, I don't... You know, it's so hard with guys who get hurt and they don't play their whole career because of injuries to judge them. You know, I was surprised. You know, Curry Puckett was a great player, but he didn't play that long, and, and then he got, you know, and then they put him in. So you just never know about that Gale Puckett, sale. Curry Puckett played longer than, um, than Baselli, and also Curry Puckett was vital in two titles. That's true. That team. Um, no, I do I understand where you're coming from, but... You know, like I remember there was a center, man, before my time. Dude played for Miami out of Dawson's, uh, Stevenson. Dwight Stevenson, uh, yeah. He only played seven, but I heard this dude was just all world. Yeah, and they, you know, they, something- t- some people say he's the best center ever. I mean, I, you know, I get, it's hard for me to, I mean, I, you know, how many of us sit here and focus on a center when we're watching a football game? No, Hardly know. Well, yeah, but that's besides the point. What I'm saying is he, he didn't play that long, but he made it. Like, of course, you have right. players like that, but. I can't. I don't remember. I don't recall. You know. I know. Like people say, oh, Baselli is one of the great ones. I, I don't recall that. Like growing up watching football uh, during. Uh, oh, I guess I was in high school uh, during that period. I just don't recall that. You know. Even you had Hall of Famers. It's not now. Okay. I think Bruce Smith came out and said, "Man, come on, this dude is not a Hall of Famer." You, you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I don't know, man. Like well, someone Bruce like Smith Sam Mills. Was. Like, do you think he deserved it? I'm mean, sorry. Who was that? Sam Mills. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he deserved. It. No. No. Oh, you just saying that because he played for the Panthers? I don't think so. That's why. Oh, I, I don't. I, I mean, you asked me if I'd have voted for him in the Hall of Fame, I'd have said no. But you're not saying that because he played for the Panthers. You just saying he's not a Hall. You don't think he's a Hall of Fame material? I, I, I didn't think he was a Hall of Famer. No. Yeah, I feel you on that, man. I think, I think, I think Dion. You know, he's not going to say any names, but I think, I think Baselli and uh, Mills. I think something. I think that irked him, man. You know what I'm saying? That kind of. Again, it, 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 it's the whole. We've had this Hall of Fame discussion many times. It's so difficult because there's like the elite. It's like they need to have two different Hall of Fames. You can have the like Dion's on the elite Hall of Fame, but not everybody's in the Hall of Fame is going to be in that elite Hall of Fame. It's like Ty Cobb and Hank Aaron and those guys. They don't. They shouldn't be in the same Hall of Fame with some of these other guys. Like, you know. Just guys who are nowhere near that level. That's just, I, I don't know how they're ever going to fix that. That's why first ballot is such a big deal to me. Because it's the only way of distinguishing, you know, the truly elite with the rest of them. But I got, I'm got i overdue for a break. I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. All right, we'll take that time out, and we will come back, finish out the first hour next on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
Ooh, you can say that again. The, it's a long, long way there. The dog days of August. That's where we are. Welcome back to the game. All right. So we gonna um No, the Hall of Fame discussion has always been fascinating. I didn't do a lot of it. I gotta tell you, I was not real impressed with this whole Hall of Fame class. I it I'd have to go to say that it was the worst, I guess I need to go back and look at all the other classes, which I haven't done. But uh, you know, it it was pretty underwhelming. And so I didn't hear. I, I saw the Dion comment. I, I did not see Bruce Smith comment that that um, Jabe referred to. But I, I, I'm not surprised because I thought it was really underwhelming. Again, I I have long struggled with the whole Veterans Committee thing. I there there there's a there's a purpose for for veteran committees. There there was a need for veteran committees, like in the baseball side of things. You, all the the great players that were in the Negro Leagues, you had to fix that problem. I mean, that was, you know, they deserved to be recognized. But but once you get past then, how do you prevent, like, you have these people that weren't put into the Hall of Fame, you know, 50 and 60 years ago, and if it if it was for prejudice, that's one thing. I mean that that's a totally different issue. But if it if if it was just that they weren't good enough, and then fifty years from now later their their career looks seems better, and no one's really there to combat it, then you put them in. I mean I, I don't understand that process. I I don't. The whole veterans committee thing is very very tricky and slippery slope to me. But I guess I'm too strict on that subject. All right in an era of participation trophy. We'll take a timeout. That's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome. Into footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber, the game hotline, 706-0111, if you would like, Jake brought up Hall of Fame, always a fascinating subject, if you had any thoughts on that. Major League Baseball, college football. We talked to LSU with Koki in the first hour. If you have any thoughts on LSU and predictions or worries, concerns, the Cajuns, we talked quite a bit with uh, Cody Juno yesterday about the Cajun situation. I got to tell you, the more I hear, look, no one has told me anything. I did not get to see the, sc- the scrimmage. So I'm just trying to piece things together from what I hear from the coaches, impressions I get. I have, I really uh, don't know. But um, what I my my best guess is still that Ben Woolridge is going to get named. It's just my best guess based on impressions. Reading between the lines on quotes that Coach Dez makes. And again, you can get in trouble with that because 
reading between the lines of a coach's quotes is not always accurate. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see. But that's just kind of what I think. Um, when he talks about the things that he's looking for, it just seems to match more with Ben. So we'll see how that goes. And certainly we'll continue to follow that through the rest of August camp and leading up until the season opener at home against Southeastern. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. And yourself? Oh, come on now. Uh, Yankees are struggling even worse than my Astros right now. Hey, you know what? In the middle of that, I went, uh, he's talking about the Yankees? As a man, I thought he was an Astro fan. I mean, it's the same thing. They they swing in at things. The other night, one of the batters, I forgot who the hell he was. He swung at a pitch outside, so far outside. The next pitch was still off the plate. The umpire called it a strike. He set up the, uh, to me, he set up the strike zone for the umpire there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's so frustrating sometimes. Well, then i tell you what, and then this morning this uh, person you were talking to about uh, the Red Sox maybe come back, well, I was thinking last night after the game, you got three or four, you got four teams in the league, right, uh, in the division, and I said, which one are going to catch the Yankees? I could make a lot of money if I could figure that out, because I do believe that, the way they're going now, they're going to be caught. Well, again, I, I think the Rays have the best chance. I, I, if they had not been hurt quite so long, they might be able to do it. But uh, I don't know. They're starting to get healthy again, so we'll see. The Blue Jays just look terrible. They've just been lackluster. They, they With all them hitters, they struggle to score runs. I complain about the Astros not scoring runs. The Blue Jays haven't scored many runs either. And they got, you know, they're on paper. They're full of all these good hitters, but it hadn't happened. Well, the Yankees uh, got shut out two in a row, and then last night they scored one run. Well, so, yeah, uh, but but the Yankees are beat up right now. They're not putting the lineups out there that that the, that the Blue Jays are putting out. Well, they they don't have anybody else. I mean. Yankees have a lot of outs in their lineup, like the Astros do almost nice. The Blue Jays, on paper, don't have all those outs in the lineup, but it's not happening for them. Well, I hope they wake up. <laughs> well, we'll see. There's still time. get in the playoffs for the Astros to beat them. There's still time, 40-something to 50 games left, depending yeah. on which team you are. All righty, Kevin, thank you. Good talking to you again, Ellis. Hang in there. All righty, bye-bye. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, morning, Foot. Good morning, man. Y'all got Mac Barnes back. You got a closer. You, 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 you know, y'all can hit. We know that. And so, uh, I don't, I don't think your Red Sox are dead just yet. I don't know if I believe what Paul said. Oh, you should believe nothing Paul says. <laughs> he needs to look, look, look. He needs to put the take the cotton balls out of his ears and put them in his mouth. And listen to the uh, the three geniuses on this show. You, Rockefeller, and me. Because, <laughs> man, that man, that man I, I, I'm trying to get him to take his medicine, but I, I don't think it's strong enough, you know, because he's delusional, man. Now he's blaming it on injuries. I said, Paul, 
I said, if you want to blame it on injuries, we we shut y'all out with a with a with a with backup pitching. Our whole pitching staff is hurt. Wait a I'm minute like, now. You, you haven't heard his latest explanation. What's his latest? His late Paul's latest theory is that Joey this was a massive scheme. A fiendish, don't you love that word, fiendish? It was a fiendish scheme by Joey Gallo to sabotage the Yankees and then get traded, and, and it was all it's all part of Joey Gallo's fiendish scheme. Man, that man done lost his mind, man. <laughs> he must stay up all night to get his excuses for when his Yankees lose. I, I, I can't wait to hear his excuse when they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> Because that's exactly what I told him this. I told him this at the beginning of the season. I said, y'all might get off to a hot start, but come after the all-star break, you're winning days are done, buddy. It's done. It's done. You know, ain't nobody want to see the Yankees win a World Series. It's that You're the only Yankees fan around here. But uh, it's, it's a glorious day. My Red Sox won. I doubt we said. But you know what's going to be even more glorious day? Foot. Oh, don't don't yeah. go there again, speaking of delusional. Well, well, when you when you when you come back to the team you always loved, and, that, and that's hey, hey, you know what though? Speaking of the Cowboys, I stumbled across this a few days ago because I, you know, I haven't memorized everyone's schedule, so I don't know all who everybody's playing. But I've stumbled across that Saints fans are going to be pulling for your Cowboys right now for the first game you play. You play the Yucks in the first in the season yeah. opener. Oh, we're gonna show y'all how to beat them. I mean, I know y'all y'all got that number, but uh. We're going to put Tom Brady right where he needs to be, and that's the retirement home. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, when when you come aboard the the, uh, the fandom again, foot, and we get uh, Sean Payton after this season, uh, all is going to be good, and I'm going to enjoy being a Cowboys fan with uh, you, foot. Uh, all right. Keep, keep all right. Have a good all one, right. buddy. Take and, care. Uh, and go Cowboys and go Red Sox. <laughs> oh, the man's – look. I guess we're all delusional in certain areas, but um, it, no, the uh, the the um, the Cowboys thing that 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 that's never going to happen. That is that is no chance of happening. Again, the game hotline is seven zero six zero one 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 seven zero six zero one one one. You know, we've kind of gotten caught up with, co- with college football and obviously Major League Baseball races and. The ups and downs of following the the Astros and the Yankees and you know all these teams, but and the Braves, you know, the Braves and the Mets. You want to talk about two different? Like the Braves went to New York, got their face crushed, and the Mets are flying high, and now the Met the Mets go to Atlanta and they're getting their face crushed. We'll see what happens with um, Scherzer and Degrom the next two days, but. But one of the things that we've kind of fallen by the wayside and we, we normally do a little more of this time of the year is try to figure out um, these predictions for the, for the NFL. And, and I've done a little bit more schedule watching lately. And it hit me like right now I have no idea like who in the world would you predict to make – you know, we talked a little bit a few weeks ago about trying to predict the, the finish in the AFC West. I still have not figured that out. So many, you know, we talked about LSU and other big question marks, question marks here, question marks here. You know, throughout this offseason, 
keep hearing people speculate that the Chiefs are going to be just fine. Does it matter that they don't have weapons? I hear other people say that without Tyreek Hill, that Travis Kelsey will be less effective because they're going to be able to double team him more uh, and play better different defenses against him. You know, almost everything that's said about the Chiefs positively and negatively makes sense to me, which which just leaves me confused, really. Um, so I don't know that. But even bigger than just who's going to win the AFC West is who who in the world – do you predict to make the Super Bowl other than the Bills? Like, the thing that's out of the AFC, the, the thing that's scary to me is too many people are saying the Bills. Like, it's getting to be, you know, for a while, for the last three or four years, it's, it's Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. And I hate predicting chalk for the Super Bowl. It's kind of boring to me. It's useless to me, really. Um and so I, I, I'm anti-chalk on Super Bowl predictions, preseason Super Bowl predictions. But I kind of, you know, the Bills are one of the few organizations in football that I don't, as a Saints fan, I don't really have anything against. Like, what have the Bills ever done to the Saints? 1973? Juice ran for two thousand six and three yards. He came to he came to Tulane Stadium. The Saints crushed him, thirteen to none. Every time I see a score on the screen, does not matter the level, does not matter high school, college, pro. If I see the score of thirteen to none, could be the first quarter, thirteen to none. I think nineteen seventy three. The Saints crushing the Juice, shut him out, thirteen to none. What a beautiful score that is. Now thirteen to twelve, that score is not too beautiful for me. Very agonizing. 13 to nothing, I think, 1973. Saints crushed the Bills. You know, the Bills have beaten the Saints before, obviously. But, you know, like they beat them last year. But, I mean, it was like the Saints, they they weren't even putting an NFL team on the field. Everyone acts like it was just the the game against the Dolphins. The game in Orneville, that was not an NFL operation. The game against the Bills, they they, they were so shorthanded. That was not that was not a fair fight. Not a fair fight. Um, so really, maybe there's another organization. Cardinals, maybe. Have the Cardinals done anything to the Saints? They had that one Max Hall game that was quite frustrating. I... I for the most part, the Bills are either the only team or one of the very few teams that I could say as a Saints fan, I don't have really anything against. They never, where I would say, well, they did this. This game really sticks out. They've certainly lost some games to the Bills, but none that in my mind stick out is overly frustrating. So I, I got no issues with the Bills. Um. And they've never won a Super Bowl, so that old theory that I can't feel sorry for anyone who's ever won a Super Bowl or World Series, they don't even violate that that old thing that I haven't discussed in a while. So I got no problem other than, um, I mean, the Bills are probably the most popular Super Bowl pick around the country this year. So I'm kind of against that. Last year I picked the Titans. They were the number one seed but they couldn't convert a third and one, which is the strength of their football team with an elite running back. 
and being able to run the football, and they couldn't convert a 31, and they lost. 31 or 4th and 1. If they converted either one, I think they win the game. They might have gone to the Super Bowl. Who knows? So, I don't think I'm going to pick the Titans again, although I heard Nick is high on the Titans. I just don't. I don't know enough. Their receivers are just too, too iffy. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't, I don't think they can go to Super Bowl. The Titans. I don't even know. I haven't figured out if I'm picking them to win the division or not, but I don't think I'm even doing that. Because I, I think their offense is too iffy. And and you wonder about Derrick Henry, whether they're fixing to um, – if he's fixing to, t- to hit a wall, you know, some of these running backs, no matter how big and bad they look, you give them too many carries, they hit a wall. Um, so I don't know who else I'd pick if I don't pick the Bills. And again, I might end up doing the chalk thing, which is kind of sickening in picking the Bills, but I don't know who else I'd pick. I mean, uh, I'm not going to say the Chiefs. I, I-, I kind of feel like I mean, on paper, the Chargers look really good. But, again, they're the Chargers. They always mess it up. Like, they just, no matter how good they look on paper, no matter how many good players they have, the Chargers always seem to mess it up somewhere along the line. So I don't know if I could pick the Chargers, even though I don't really have that much against the Chargers. Um. And I like a lot of their players, but they the Chargers are just a Murphy's Law kind of team. They always seem to mess it up. Um, I don't I don't know I don't know who else I'd pick, so I might end up picking the Bills. I got to tell you, as far as the NFC, I, even if I feel high on the Saints, I guess I've picked the Saints before as my Super Bowl pick, but not often. I, I don't like doing that. I don't like picking the Astros in the Saints. It's silly. I've said it before. It's silly for me to ever make a prediction about the Astros or the Saints in anything, whether it's a season prediction, a weekly prediction. It's it's a game. I mean, it's just silly because I can't think logically because my I have there, there's it's it's impossible for me to take my heart out of it. Too big of my heart is you know my whole life is but Astros Saints Astros Saints. So it, you say well take your heart out. Well, that's impossible. I've done, you know, my heart's been in it my whole life, so I, it's useless for me to ever predict a Saints or an Astro game or season or anything. But, um, but other than them, I got to tell you, I just, I don't know about Trey Lance, but it's gonna be hard for me not to predict not to predict the cheaters to go to the Super Bowl. I, 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 I kind of feel. I mean, we still got a ways to go. Still got a couple of preseason games, couple of weeks, about three weeks away. But uh, almost a month, really. I uh, I don't know. On paper, that's what it looks like to me. Unless Trey Lance just is over his head. But I, but I, I think they can protect him. I, I really, I really am worried they can protect him. So that's kind of where I am right now. We'll see what, where if anything changes over the next three weeks. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back again. The game hotline is open, 706-0111. We'll take a timeout, come back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, 
your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers. Houston Astros want to remind you, Delta Media is your home for high school football action this upcoming season. St. Thomas More will be heard right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, Acadiana High Wrecking Rams will be on MeTV. FM 97.7, the Karen Crow Bears on Z1059, the Southside High Sharks on Mustang 107.1. The Ramian Parish Game of the Week on 106.3 Radio Lafayette, the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week on News Talk 98.5, and the Bar Buccaneers over in Calcasieu Parish on the game 1041. Lake Charles. Speaking of high school football, we got a request yesterday, and I didn't have the information in my fingertips, but now I do the Kiwanis High football jamboree. Um, it's getting close. It's actually a little over a week away, so it's it's pretty close here. Um, although I don't know if this is the right one or not. Let me not say this because I have something is telling me that this is not the right schedule. I'm gonna try to. Verify. So let me let, let me not do that. Something about this schedule that I'm it's in front of me does not look right. But anyway, uh, well, it again we're gonna have teams all over the Cadiana area um, that are playing scrimmages this week, probably tomorrow and the next day, and then a week from tomorrow is high school football jamboree. It's getting really really close. Let's just put it that way. Really really close let's go back to the game hotline hello hello howdy Kevin. sir yes sir z nora hey how you doing i'm doing well what, what a segue to lead into my story huh? absolutely <laughs> uh just a little slight p and a uh, reminder that the uh Lord high school tiger alumni football first annual banquet is uh being held this Friday, the time has changed, and that's why I'm calling you from uh, 6 o'clock to accommodate scrimmages for the high school from 6 o'clock till 7 o'clock at the Harrow Memorial Park building in Lauraville. Now, what are y'all going to be doing? To let us know about this. We're going to uh, just have some visitation from uh, former high school football players. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, get our greatest high school football player a lot in, uh, in association with Lauraville High School, Lionel Vital. Of course, that's another story in itself. I, I don't want to take any thunder away from you. I think you're trying to get something set up with him sometime soon. Uh, but uh, one of those guys has got five Super Bowl rings on his finger that nobody knows about. Right. right here from right here in Lauraville. So, um, who uh, do you, is who is Lauraville going to be um, scrimmaging? Uh, they scrimmage Hanson. It was scheduled to be in Hanson, but I think because of weather and some other. Uh, Thing that's going on, they're going to use the Lowerville field, obviously, with the turf in Lowerville uh, on Friday. Hopefully, the weather holds up. I got you. Hands at, at 5.30. All righty. Well, I appreciate you uh, letting – I mean, Lowerville should be really good again. <laughs> well, we're, uh, 
we're going to see life without the twins and a few other people, but I think they're going to represent themselves pretty well. All right. Well, I appreciate you calling as always. Thank you, sir. Good luck to y'all. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How we doing? Oh, you know, Astros lost two rough ones in a row, so I'm kind of reeling right now. Yeah, you're going to be all right. You're still in first place, though, huh? Oh, yeah, by 11. By 11. Well, yeah, you know, it's good to lose a couple of games to make you better. You, uh, I don't know if you knew about rescheduling of some games that are going to be played tonight. Turlins and Cecilia moved their games to tonight at Turlins at 530. Now, what's the reason for all this rescheduling? Supposed to be eighty percent rain tomorrow. I got you. And then uh, Karen Crow, Appleville, and Brobridge going to be in Appleville t- t- tonight also at Appleville. Well, it'll be you know uh, it'll be int- one thing. You always hope everybody's healthy, obviously, through all these gym right. or, through all these scrimmages. Right. But um, you know, you need them to to find out how they're going to do with a little more pressure on them, and then you got jamborees next week, so we'll see what happens in all right. this. Yeah, we have a few little uh, nicks and bruises uh, on our little squad in Cecilia. Uh, you know, we're going a lot of kids going to be held out tonight and probably the jamboree. So get them ready for the week one against St. Martinville Tigers. But uh, but did, Cecilia we, we Cecilia should be really good this year. I mean, I. You know, they were good last year, but even better. Yeah, last year we played seven freshmen last year. And, uh, you know, uh, had a young team. We lost some alignment. Our offensive line is young. Our, uh, you know, we have a lot of veterans uh, in the backfield, uh, receivers, defense. Our whole defensive line is back. Our linebacker who's uh, made all state, you know, we have all state defensive tackle. So we should be pretty well in our. We also added some Maditawa staff this uh, this year, uh, and he's also going to work the change for the home game. His name is Troy Thibodeau. So Troy Thibodeau, in addition to Banks, has made the transformation officially from Brobridge to Cecilia. Yeah, yeah. I made the tra- transformation because my kid plays for Cecilia. So I had I had no choice but to do that. You know, but Troy did it because of some other reasons. I think they hired him on the staff, and uh, you know, so. And so he a, now uh, has he now has green and yellow under roof. Green and yellow in the run, and then he had, he had a uh, matter of fact. I think he's going to have breakfast with us Sunday morning at Bucking Johnny's. Uh, man. So uh, yeah, so I, I'll be taking pictures with him on Sunday. And uh, he's he's an assistant baseball coach there. You know, he's going to help out with football on Friday night through the change, but he's going to be coaching with Coach Jamie Colley on uh, for baseball. And what's going to happen if the Braves play the Dodgers, the Punks, in the World Series? I mean, in the, in the playoffs, in the National League playoffs, in the NLCS? Well, uh, Those I two are going to struggle. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. But I think y'all going to be all right, y'all, you know. I'm gonna be all right, but you know, you know, you don't give your team a chance no more. Oh, I give them, I give them a big chance. I just don't like to lose. Oh. But let's talk about your team down there in New Orleans. Well, as long- I, I, I forget. I, listen, if y'all don't make the Super Bowl, y'all underachieve. Oh, come on now! With, with, with everybody, with everybody being healthy, 
I mean, listen, I, I'm looking at you on paper, but your your team you have right now, your, your defense is better than the defense you had when you won the Super Bowl. Oh, no question. Your offense, your offense has more talent, more talent than your offense had when you won the Super Bowl. Now, your quarterback, you know, you had Drew Brees. You know, that, that that takes away a little bit of the percentage. But, I mean, if you don't make the Super Bowl, you're underachieved, babe, with everybody staying healthy. Well, I love the way you're talking, but I, I, I think you and I are in the minority in this country believing that. But I don't know about underachieve, <laughs> but I do think the team is that talented, yes. Yes, you are. I mean, and with, with, with a little luck and health, you can do it. I mean, I, I Oh, I really it can be done, can do no it. question. They just got to. Safety's got to get on this. You can't throw away games early. Got to get off to a good start. And if they stay healthy, it can happen. I agree with you. Sam, you open, you open up against Atlanta in Atlanta? Uh, I believe that's correct, yeah. Yeah, in Atlanta, that's wow. That, that's a big game, man. That's well, you know. Conference game, I mean, you know. You got to, you got to, you got to, the, the Falcons shouldn't be good, but it's a division game and, and it's a, it, you know, it's, you know how it is. These first three games are all preseason games, but they count. Right. So you got to be ready. Right. Right. Now, now what's the status of your quarterback? Right he now? came back yesterday. He's going to be fine. Amen. Yeah. He's going to be fine. Yeah. Now I, I tell you what, I like Andy Dalton. Yeah, I'm not as high on Andy Dalton as everybody else. Well, I mean, you, you never hire on your quarterback anyway. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, it took you a long time to, to, to enjoy to start liking. I, I like it. Did take me a while, but I I, I I came around. Like I like Trevor Simeon. Everyone hated him. I liked him. I don't. I don't. No, I, I don't like. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, I didn't like. I don't. I'm not an Andy. Give me Dalton the veteran. Guy. Give me the veteran Dalton. With, with, with good people around him, with Dalton who was started at Cincinnati, when he had good people, they did well. He was okay. He's okay. Now tell me something. You you have enough, you have enough footballs to to move around for Jarvis Landry, Thomas. Uh, 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 what's going to happen to uh, your, your uh, Camaro? Nothing. I just hope. I just hope. I just hope he stays healthy. He's gonna be. He's gonna keep appealing now. Why don't he get suspended early instead? Instead of that, that's not happening. That 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 that's not happening. That's I mean, I, I'm not convinced that. I'm not convinced that he's that it's going to get pushed back to last year like a lot of people are just yet, but I hope. Yeah, I rather him miss early than late. I agree, but early ain't happening. That that that's no longer an option. Stuff's I know, been we pushed know that. back to the court date. So yeah, yeah. They need to keep what he needs to do when that court date come up. Fire his lawyer. All, all they got to do, yeah, all they got to do is is back it up uh, one more time, and they'll they'll be good. They'll be good. Right. Yeah. Right. All right, then. It's always good talking to you. Take care. I appreciate and, it. Thank and, you. And you invite, you're, you're invited to come at Buck and Johnny's at 9 o'clock Sunday morning. <laughs> hey, I just want to know, when, when Troy walks in with his Johnny DeVille, um painting, uh, I want you to take a picture of, 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 of his picture of Johnny DeVille because he already took the Moai one off the wall in his living room. So when he right, puts that Johnny right. DeVille one up there, DeVille. take a picture. He got Johnny DeVille and Wagaspack up now. Yep, take a picture. All right, baby. All right. <laughs> oh man, the things you never thought you would be—you would live long enough to hear. Troy turning in his maroon for the green and yellow. Unbelievable. All right, take a timeout. 
We'll come back as I shake my head some more on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, Astros White Sox. Tonight, game three of the series. Hopefully the Astros can erase the possibility of an 0-7 road trip that I fear. Tonight, 7-10 first pitch. We'll see what happens right here, and you can hear it right here on 103.7. All right. Also, before we get to a special guest, our old friend Walter Guillory want to tell you or remind you about the Black Pot Cook-Off. The Arneville Volunteer Fire Department is hosting the Black Pot Cook-Off on Saturday, September the 10th. Cooking begins at 8 a.m. The eating, my favorite part, begins at noon at the Flower Auditorium in Arneville. There will be plenty of music including Gerald Grunig and Gentile Zydeco, Dustin Sonier, and Sweet Cecilia. For more information, visit ornavillefire.org. All right, Mr. Walter Guillory, your boy Dusty has been under fire lately. You think he can handle it? <laughs> oh, yeah, they got it, Kel. They'll be all right, man. <laughs> hey, they, they, mad at, they mad at Dusty because he, they, they traded – uh, for Mancini, and he's not playing him enough. Then they mad at Dusty because he pulled Urquidy. And then I was a little perturbed that last night they pitched to Yo Moncada with two outs in the in a three three game in the eighth inning, and Moncada leads the major leagues with a four fifty batting average with two runners in scoring with two outs and runners in scoring position. First base open, and he pitched to him, and he gets a game winning single. So I don't know. Yeah. I like Dusty, but he's been under fire lately. Yeah, yeah, they uh, well. Overall, uh, don't they have the best record in baseball right now? Well, they got the best record in American in, League. In American, yeah. Yeah. American yeah. League, yeah. 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 So, like I've always told you, Kevin, it's we, you know, we at the end now, and uh, it's who plays the best uh, when it comes to uh, late August, September, into October. And uh, I like their chances, in the, particularly in the, in, the, in the series. I think they have what you know what it takes as it relates to pitching. And um, a lot of the hitters are really starting to, uh, to you know, to square up with the ball. And I, I think they're going to be all right. I think you're right, and I hope you're right. But it's, um, you know, it, again, until you go through it, we can say it. We, everyone, I mean, so many people every year forget how long 162-game schedule is. Like, you would go through the ups and downs. It's just when, you, when you're in the moment and you lose two games in a row, to a, you know they got they're pretty obnoxious the White Sox fans so it's kind of hard to lose it's kind of not fun to lose there you know they kind of rub it in <laughs> yeah. your face a little bit yeah 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 that's, <laughs> that's the, the way the, the beauty of baseball uh, it's not a it's certainly not a sprint yeah absolutely all right so you always have some going very active uh, man in Boston charge of the Lafayette Recreation Department tell us what's going on now. 
Well, this new thing we just started, we partnered with the New Orleans Saints, uh, Kevin, uh, and the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, they called about a month ago and were um, said that they had heard some of the things we were doing and wanted to introduce, um, particularly uh, as it relates to football, flag, NFL flag football. And so we've, we had some meetings, and there was a summit in New Orleans um, where there was over, man, there was over 500 people from throughout the country, NFL players and other people from NFL teams and other cities, even Canada, that's really promoting the NFL Flag League. And what that is is each NFL team has um, flag leagues under their umbrella in their perspective perspective states. So we're here, we're representing the Saints, um, got to speak and listen to Ms. Gail Benson, uh, owner of the Saints, and um, was really encouraging uh, to us to hear her and how she really cares about young people. And so we formed this partnership, and here we are. So we we're going to start this uh, NFL flag. Uh, we're going to get some of the Saints players to be involved in this uh, once we get started. Uh, got a chance to talk to, uh, I don't know if you, well, I know you remember, the beer man Michael Lewis and Keenan Lewis. They were at the summit, and they offered their services to come here to Lafayette when we, uh, you know, get started to mingle with the kids and what have you. We partnered with New Iberia and Opelousas. Um, Bunky has come in with us as well, and even as far north as Alexandria to partnership with us. So we're excited about this. It's going to be boys, uh, co-ed, and girls as well. And so um, the summit just opened up our eyes to how big this thing is. And so we're we're very excited about this uh, this NFL flag league. All right. So what is the age groups that can participate? Five to uh, 13, we will pass out information to the high schools um, and see if there some kids are interested. Uh, we're going to focus on um, from five to 13, and we'll put them in their prospective age groups, five and six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and then 13 year olds uh, will play. Uh, the weekend of October 22nd, there's a regional tournament at the Saints facility. We're going to take a team there, may even take two. And if they win, they get to go to the NFL Pro Bowl and compete in the flag football tournament there. So that's we're really excited about that that event as well. And so if someone is interested, how do they uh, sign up? They can register online, AcadianaYouthFlagFootball.com. That's AcadianaYouthFlagFootball.com. Or they can call um, in my office at 291-8375 for the Lafayette area. Uh, the New Iberia area, the contact is Mr. Albert Hill at 277-3729. And in Opelousas, Chris Rito at 351-2646. We're going to have a state tournament as well, Kevin, at the end of the year. Uh, where we're going to have some teams uh, participate for the state championship for the state of Louisiana in flag football. So we're excited about that as well. All right. So it sounds like it could, could be lots of fun. And, you know, it's um, it's always fun for kids to be able to kind of, you know, rub elbows with NFL players and former NFL players. So it sounds like a great opportunity. Yes, it is. And, and October the 11th, we're going to have a press conference. The Pelican officials will be down. 
and we're going to officially have our partnership with them going into basketball season. So we'll be doing the same thing with the uh, the Pelicans that we're doing with the Saints. Wow. All right. Well, hopefully by by you know the Saints are three and zero and four and zero by then, and then everybody will be super excited. Yeah, you're right about that, man. <laughs> all right. Well, it's look. It's always great to talk to you. You all, you know, you uh, you always calm me down when we're talking about the Astros if they're in a little slump. And so, hopefully, um, you know, your words of wisdom ring true here. Oh yeah, they're gonna be all right, man. They they will be there at the end. All right. Great talking to you, Walter Guillory. Thank you very much, sir. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Walter Guillory, Lafayette Recreation and Parks. And, you know, the, the flag football is getting pushed a lot more among kids. And, and you know, there's the Drew Brees and other former players who are really involved in it. And, and uh, this is another program uh, kind of pushing flag football for youth kids. And so um, it could be a great opportunity. So if you're interested in that, certainly get signed up let's do this we'll take a time out and we come back i said i wanted to make some comments i needed to rebuke some people for comments i heard about food um so we'll do that when we come back from this time out on the game one southwest louisiana sports station your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros welcome back to Footnotes on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I want to remind you, if you have not joined the game clubhouse, you need to do so. It's free. It's easy. You can win such great prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, $50 gift certificate to Katiana Bar and Grill, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, uh, as well as Astro and other great prizes you need to join the game clubhouse. Do so today by going to 1037thegame.com. Or 1041thegame.com. All right. I, I had to make some comments about this food discussion that I heard Raymond and Steve and Hannah having, I don't know, what was that, two hours ago, wherever it was. And the, my, my first, well, I don't know where to start. I'll start here. You, you, multi, I don't know. I don't even know if Hannah was in this number. But the other two preferred tots over french fries. Tots. You got to be kidding. Now, I do. I Who like... orders tots <laughs> over french fries? French fries. I mean, I do love me some french fries. I do. I will abide by that. But I do like tater tots. But for me, Sonics themselves are just too salty for my taste. Uh, and the other thing that I wish I, I get it, but some people like that this idea. Uh, and again, a lot of people are like this, but this idea that you're somehow a lower form of human being if you like ketchup. I'm, I've, I've never been on board with that. I love ketchup. I do too. And so, if you put ketchup on something, it's like you're like a philistine or something. Like you're some sort of. Lower farmer human being. We need we need to get past that. Some people just hate ketchup. I love ketchup. There's nothing wrong with putting ketchup on French fries. I don't know if anything can save a tot, but but French <laughs> fries, you got there's nothing wrong with putting ketchup on it. Does it make it less? No, I don't think it does at all. Um me personally It enhances my, it. It does. And my favorite when it comes to 
condiments on french fries, I definitely go for like buffalo sauce because that's just I See, you know I hate it's buffalo. the I think I, it's a Hispanic in me that makes me like buffalo sauce that's spicy. Do not like it. Do not like <laughs> buffalo wings. That's all on that. Really? I, I, I don't like buffalo at all. None. Now, I'm, I'm okay with the bills like we discussed earlier, but buffalo <laughs> wings and all that, no, I, I want no, not a buffalo fan at all. The other thing is too many people say the name of the one of the fast food burger establishments wrong, incorrectly. There are people that I really think they think the name of it is Water Burger, like H2O. Yeah. Like they call it Water Burger. But it's not. There's it's no not. R. This is how you pronounce the name of that, that establishment. What a burger. It, if you don't say what a burger, it's like that's what it is. It's what a burger. It's not see, water burger. I say water burger. Everyone says water burger. Drives me crazy. I don't say what a R. I say water burger. It's, it's, not what. it's what a burger. You got to say it that way. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Can we start saying it that way? Yeah, yeah. we can start saying it like what that. What a burger. And okay. you got to have that look on your face like, man, this was good. Now, what I like about what a, what a burger is they, they it's onions and mustard. Got to have mustard. I do like mustard. I don't like a lot of mustard, Got to have though. mustard on a burger. And let, let, let me also, I see commercials all the time on TV, and I want to throw something at the TV from these, Some I'm not going to mention, certain burger establishments. You... The ketchup goes on the bottom. You never put the ketchup on the top of the burger with the tom- with the pickles and onions and tomatoes. The top of the burger, you put mayo, mustard, onions, lettuce, tomato, and a pickle if you want. I'm, I'm good with pickle. The ketchup goes on the bottom. When I see these restaurants on a commercial, put the ketchup on the top. I'm like, what are you doing? It's not supposed to be that way. Not supposed to be that way. Ketchup has to go on the bottom. Is it because you had to separate the tomatoes at the top and the ketchup at the bottom? Well, that's one of the many good reasons for it, yes. But see, I don't like raw onions on my burger. Oh, I love onions. I like Like, raw. I love Whataburger because they have grilled onions on the patty melt. I'm good with grilled onions. I'm a patty melt person. You know, I really just get the the mushroom toast burger. Not ketchup (laughs) on the bottom, and I never eat at Whataburger. It's what a burger. What a burger. Got to get that right. And then it's just more fun to say. I I mean, it is. It is. I will agree with you on that. (sighs) No tots. Don't order tots. We're going to win tonight, right? I'm going to win. You're going to win. Oh, I sure hope so. I need a win tonight. Fingers crossed. I need to avoid (laughs) 0-7 road trip. All right. Appreciate all the phone calls and Walter and Koki coming on and giving me helpful advice. Y'all have a nice day.